Hello, and welcome back to The Daily Weekly, the best student-run news podcast in Ann Arbor, according to us. I'm your host, Catherine Newhan. We've got some new leadership in the studio, so I want to introduce our returning members. Josh Sadikoff will be our associate producer, Ivan Yao is our assistant producer, and Shreya Dada is our content creator. We have a great team, and we're so excited to bring you the news this term. This semester, we have some new segments and fresh student voices. Today, we are talking to a news reporter, Anna Marcus, who broke the Rhonda Fane story, as well as Morgan McCall, a Larry Nassar survivor, and they will give us their take on the U of M gymnastics controversy. But first, the weekly roundup. So our new segment this semester is our weekly news roundup, and I'm here with our associate producer, Josh Sadikoff, and we're going to be talking through some of the biggest news stories that have dropped this week at The Daily. Thanks for being here, Josh. Thanks for having me. There's been lots of news this week, Josh. I wouldn't know. I can't read. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Interesting. Yeah, that's exactly why you work for us. Anyway, so do you want to get started on what's been going on? Sure, sure, I'll take the lead. New staffer Olivia Tauber reported on January 9th that University Towers, an apartment building on South Forest Avenue, and a common source of off-campus housing for students was hit with a non-compliance notice from the city and a fine of more than $200 if they do not comply. According to Dean Isley, the building's manager, this notice comes as a result of inquiries into the details and architectural drawings of the windows from Edwards Glass, the company that most recently replaced the building's windows. Students who live in the building seem to be primarily concerned about the state of management at the building, following both a lack of transparency on the fine and general discontent. Yeah, I feel like I was just most um, intrigued by this story because like, a lot of the students didn't know that there was any issues going on. Mm-hmm. It's just like oh, they heard about that there was a non-compliance from the story that got released. So it's just interesting. I wonder what more than $200 also means in this case, given that it's a decently large building. Yeah, like, is there some sort of, like, bracketing? Like, is it just, like, over 200 or, like... Possibly 200 per window, which oh, would be quite a bit. Yeah, that is, that is quite a bit. I think U Towers, is that the oldest high-rise um, apartment on campus, too? It might be. It's definitely among the older ones. Yeah, I know. It's probably like they probably don't have as much money compared to the luxury apartments. But um, that's an interesting story. The second new story we're talking about is the partial federal government shutdown. Um, So managing news editor Lizzie Lawrence reported on January 10th that the government shutdown that began on December 21st could potentially have major effects for the university's research funding. So um, the federal institutions fund more than half of the university's research spending money in the 2008 fiscal year. And some of those federal institutions that are being affected by the shutdown and who are major um, funders of U of M's research include the National Science Foundation, the National, National Aeronautics and Space Administration, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the National Endowment for the Humanities, among others, And most of the effect right now is being seen in the proposal review and research. Um, And the researchers are just worried that the process will be dragged out, that, you know, what they turn in is going to take twice as long to be reviewed and approved. Um, And I feel like 
this is particularly interesting to me because U of M is well known for being um, the number one public research university in the country. Um, what are your thoughts on it, Josh? So as a student who's involved with research here at the university, I'm also very concerned just because even if this doesn't affect the amount of money coming in, and it seems like that would be a likely result of this, the increased amount of time to get a response could also significantly decrease the output of a lot of the research going on here. And given how important research is to the ecosystem and reputation of U of M, yeah. that could be very difficult. Yeah, I mean, we should keep an eye on that. I, I feel like this is one among many of the consequences of the shutdown that haven't been anticipated by the public. So, mm -hmm. interesting. Our third story tonight is brought to us by Lisa Graham, a senior news editor. She reported on January 10th that Ann Arbor's annual deer cull had been met by opposition from protesters from the Friends of Ann Arbor Wildlife and Nature Organization. A deer cull is a government-organized killing and sterilization of deer in order to keep their population under check. The program started in 2015 here in Ann Arbor as a response to complaints by residents and the high cost of deer management. This year, the city has hired sharpshooters to kill 150 deer. Although the group has been protesting the event for the last three years, the tension between the town and organization has increased as a result of a failed motion to investigate the protesters and take legal action by the city council. I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, it's, I, it's complicated. Yeah, it, I don't like the idea of sharpshooters just being out killing deer and sterilizing deer. I don't know why. Maybe it's just me, but that idea just doesn't sit it, well it does seem inhumane but at the same time uh this story did quote a number of professors and other knowledgeable individuals and the way they make it sound it's important to have at least some sort of balance in the local ecosystem and without any sort of either animal which would ultimately be the best option or person in this case uh reducing the deer population it could get even more out of hand than it was when they started the program Sure, yeah, I guess that makes sense then. Um, so the last and final story we will be discussing is the um, the U of M athletics um, firing Rhonda Fain from the coaching staff of the gymnastics team, women's gymnastics team staff, just a few days after her hiring. Um, we will go into this story in more depth with reporter Anna Marcus, who actually wrote this story and has been updating it the past weekend. Anna Marcus is a senior sports editor at the Michigan Daily who broke news about the hiring and firing of Rhonda Fain, a controversial figure amid the Larry Nassar scandal. Her controversy stems from the Olympic gymnast Allie Raisman saying she disclosed Nassar's abuse to Fain who did not look into the allegation. Fain's discharge came a few hours after the Michigan Board of Regents expressed concern about the hire to the Detroit Free Press. Anna Marcus has been incredibly busy with coverage, but is here with us to discuss the whirlwind of events that occurred over the past few days. So thanks for taking the time to join us, Anna. Yeah, no problem. So has it been a busy week for you at all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been crazy. Um, I haven't been getting that much sleep. Um, but but it's been it's been really exciting. Yeah. To cover this. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start by talking about the hiring. Was this something that was on the sports section's radar? Like, how did you find out about it? So we actually found out about it through Twitter. Um, I was mm -hmm. watching the meet on my computer. Um, the reason that I actually 
got this coverage at all was because I had agreed to do a phone cover for the meet, which was held mm-hmm. in Alabama. Um, and I think that the location of the meet is kind of key here um, for the reason that we were even able to break the news. Um, there were no Michigan reporters actually mm-hmm. at the meet, which is why I probably didn't uh, spur any stories earlier than that. Um, sure. So yeah, I was watching it on my computer. We were following on Twitter. Um, there was a sports reporter from the Tuscaloosa News who posted pictures of um, Payne with Michigan's team. Mm-hmm. And things were swirling around. Is she a coach? What's going on? And articles were kind of linked to um, her firing from USA Gymnastics in May. So it kind of became on me and uh, Max Markovich and Ethan Sears Radars. They're the two managing sports editors. Um, and they were kind of saying, like, you should probably follow up with this, yeah. see what's going on. And so what I decided was before I was going to um, interview the coach and a player um, about the meet, I decided to ask the team's communications contact um, about if she had been hired and if he could confirm that with me. Um, and when I called him that night, he confirmed it with me on the phone, and I got a statement from him a little bit later. And what day was this on? This was on Friday. On Friday. Okay, yeah. So um, what was the university's response like? I know it's changed over the course of a few days. Um, can you break down that timeline for us? Sure. So um, I guess the key here was that she was present with the team before um, the athletic department had actually made an announcement about it. Okay. Um, and considering kind of how big of a name she is um, and her relations to the scandal was interesting that they had chosen not to, um, which mm-hmm. was really what caught our attention as to, wow, maybe we should really be the ones to do this. Um, when I also discussed with the communications contact um, about the hiring, I asked him, whether he knew when they were going to put out a statement on it. And he told me he didn't know. Okay. So I thought it was a pretty good thing to um, get on as it didn't seem like they were being fully transparent with the decision about the hiring. Um, so did they, so they officially announced that they hired her when you had asked or was they, there they a didn't, prior? Um, they didn't even officially announce that they hired her until Saturday in a press okay. release. And I guess my story came out at around 1.30 a.m. Saturday morning, um, and their mm. response wasn't published until around 3.45 that afternoon. Wow, so do you think that you initiating that question really sparked them to make a formal announcement? Um, so I think that there was a bunch of stories that kind of were published subsequently to mm-hmm. when mine was, um, and I think that kind of all the news that surrounded it um, probably led them to feel like they should make an announcement about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had also contacted the communications contact again on Saturday asking if we could do a kind of a formal interview with um, the coach or with um, Rhonda um, and get a statement from them. And he didn't respond to that text. But then a few hours later, he personally sent me an email with their statement. So it seemed kind of like a response to all the news that was going on. I think that they felt at that point like they had to defend the hiring just because they hadn't made an announcement of it yet and her name was nowhere to be found on the website until Saturday. Yeah, so then what was the university response like after that, aside from the sports? Sure, um, so I think there, there were kind of two sides to this, um, which I think kind of played off actually what happened in May where people seemed to have uh, mixed opinions, especially from the gymnastics community about what was going on with the firing. Some people agreed with it, others didn't. Um, there were survivors actually that both agreed and disagreed with it. Mm. So um, it was kind of interesting to see that play out. Um, I think largely the response was critical of um, Michigan's decision to hire her, mm-hmm. but um, it was it was still both. Um, and I think that really the biggest voices there were the Board of Regents um, because that seemed to have kind of the strongest impact on what uh, the athletic department later decided to do and reverse their decision. Yeah, and then so when did the Board of Regents make an announcement? 
So they, I know they spoke to the Detroit Free Press on Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, And then Sunday night, maybe three hours later after that story came out, um, they decided to reverse the decision and fire her. Yeah, so I read that um, she's being paid like $15,000 for her short four times of, or four days of um, employment here at the university. Is there any other information that you expect to come out since your um, story? Sure. Um, I, I think that we do have a story actually coming out from the Daily that should follow up on that a little more. I think that that first story was released in the Detroit Free Press about um, her getting paid. Um, if I had to guess on that, I mean, she had a contract already. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been hired on Thursday um, and there was an agreement about a per month pay. Um, and since that full month was carried out, they were paying her that month's compensation. Um, okay. So I think that at least to me, that makes sense since she had a contract and things yeah. like that. So, yeah. yeah, so um, what uh, can you comment on any of the other controversy that surrounds it? Maybe tap into more of the player um, decisions on whether they wanted to have her as a coach or not and how you think um, kind of the social media whirlwind played a part in the, um, the discussion around it. Sure, so um, a lot of the players, when they were talking about this, I guess, both right after the university announced, um, they were talking about how excited they were to have her on board. Um, mm-hmm. This was on social media, so I can't speak to as what every individual actually felt, and I mm-hmm. can't say that the entire team supported it because I don't actually know that, but I do know that they did have that kind of presence on social media, and then after the firing, um, they expressed how disappointed they were with the university's reversal of this and the mm-hmm. fact that they were kind of having their voices taken away from um, when sure. the firing was made because... They had they, a lot of them had wanted her um, and thought that it shouldn't be up to really anyone else. Um, yeah. And I think that their their voices here, I think, are very important. Um, and I think that given the nature of the scandal, like trying to take it away from players, away from women affected by this, um, is is very hard and is is pretty unfair. Um, at the same time, there were kind of survivors on the other end of this um, who go to the school that felt very, very uncomfortable and very, very disappointed about the hire. Um, mm-hmm. And the process of trauma is very, very complicated. And I don't really think that um, it's fair to take anyone's voice into account more than anyone else in that kind of situation. Um, however, if people are feeling uncomfortable about it at the school, I think that you really try to look elsewhere for a hire. Um, sure. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's very complicated, though. Yeah, did did the, um, the, the gym, sorry, did the gymnast... Uh, departments say how they decided to hire her? Yes. So they kind of described um, in their press release on Saturday that they had this had been a very, very uh, long background check process in which they had checked with the team captains. They had checked with the team. Um, uh, Rhonda seemed to be a longtime friend of coach Bev Plocky. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that went into the decision um, and they all seemed to be good with it. They said they checked with some administration officials. I don't know how high up that went. Um, but they def- definitely seem to have, have taken things into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, of course, that's very important, especially after they had the situation where they um, had to get rid of an assistant coach in the fall um, for issues relating to um, a sexual relationship with an 18-year-old team member. So mm-hmm. I think that they had to be careful about this. However, um, not being transparent and upfront about it, I think, became a very, very big problem for them because if they were so excited and so ready to defend it, um, that should have come out immediately. Yeah, so do you think if they were more transparent in their initial hiring of her, it could have gone down a little bit differently? I think that 
the whole thing certainly would have gone down differently um, if they had presented it up front. Um, and as well, when, when the players were kind of saying that they had their voice taken away from them, I think that if they had said how the players were feeling and the players expressed how they were feeling immediately, I think that it could have come out differently for them, um, this whole thing. However, um, I can't say that the Board of Regents would have agreed with it, that people would sure. have been happy with it. I think in the end, it very likely could have ended up coming to the same thing. It just would have looked a little bit different for them and it wouldn't have put um, as big of a stain on the athletic department as what the one day did when they had decided to hire her. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot of the um, discussion around this seemed to be happening over Twitter. Yes. Um, <laughs> what have your experiences on Twitter been the past few days? Um, it's been a little bit crazy for me. Um, I usually do not go on Twitter very much, yeah. um, just to tweet out a couple sports stories occasionally. And this weekend, I couldn't stop like getting notifications on Twitter. Um, it was kind of blowing up. It was a little bit ridiculous. Um, sometimes people were like using my name and saying like, oh, wow, like we're so proud of you for X. I'm like, oh, well, but, like I didn't say that. Like <laughs> I just tried to write this like news story yeah. and things like that. Um, so it was like kind of interesting having my name put out um, in the middle of, the, of this kind of thing. I wasn't sure if I was ready for it. Um, and I don't think that I really expected it to be what it was when I wrote the story on Friday. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't say I was prepared for it, but I think I paid a lot of attention when I was writing the story um, in to really try to get uh, an objective story out and not to try to put any of my own opinion um, into it. Because um, I think that it's so easy um, in these situations for people to kind of like pick out something you said and, and kind of latch onto that and attack you if you said something that might not have been correct or may have been opinionated and you didn't try to cover both sides. Um, but I feel like I... I included a tweet from the Board of Regents. I included a tweet from the gymnastics players. Mm -hmm. um, I was really trying to make this as objective as possible while while still kind of reflecting on the fact that um, the athletic department did say that this was the wrong decision. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us and good luck with all of your social media notifications <laughs> for the next coming days. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yep. Morgan McCall, an LSA sophomore, is a Larry Nassar survivor. Larry Nassar was sentenced approximately a year ago, but the effects of his sentence are still being felt by survivors. Morgan has been very vocal about her position on Rhonda being initially hired as a gymnastics coach, but she is here with us now to discuss the issue. Thanks for taking the time to be here today. Yeah, of course. So when did you first hear about the team's decision to bring on Fane? Um, it would have been last Friday night. Last Friday. And mm -hmm. so did you see it on social media? Did someone send it to you? Yeah. How did that go? About? A reporter from the Tuscaloosa News uh, actually was covering a gymnastics event mm -hmm. in Alabama and she recognized Rhonda and she was the first to tweet it out. And from I saw it through my uh, tangential connections to the gymnastics community. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if there was any consensus among the NASA survivors, but it seemed like some of the like current U of M gymnasts were also survivors and didn't mind her being a coach. Was there any general response? Um, I mean, from everyone that I spoke to, we were very disappointed to see the university hire mm. her. I can't speak to what the student athletes, you know, were going through or, you know, what formed their opinions. But off the bat, it seemed like a terrible move for me. And it was honestly very disappointing. 
Um, throughout the past year and a half, I have been let down by MSU countless times. Um, and U of M has really been my safe haven. Mm -hmm. And so then to see them give their tacit approval of Miss Fane or, you know, deem her worthy of being in a leadership position over athletes. Um, it was difficult to see. Um, but I mean, I, re I respect everyone's opinion because we sure. all have different, different environments and, and, you know, different levels of healing. And so I, I guess there, there, it is a split, you know, people feel different ways. Yeah. So, um, so you think that the um, administration maybe should have reached out to the community or should they even have considered her in the first place? I do not think, given the circumstances of her departure from USAG, mm -hmm. that she should ever have been considered to be in a position of leadership at Michigan Athletics. And yeah, why did you think they made the decision to even consider her? Um, I think that, you know, as committed to athlete safety and morality as we'd like to think we are, there's still a lot of pressure put on student athletes to deliver the best. Um, yeah, you know, definitely. Leaders in the best, you know, they embody it no matter what sport it is. They're working really hard. And I think in this case, it was a precedence put onto the athletic success rather than the actual safety and, and ethical um, concerns surrounding bringing her into the team environment. Yeah, and so what are your thoughts on how the both the university and the um, the gymnastics administration handled um, the hiring and firing? There was a process in the university actually deciding to fire her, and how do you think that that went? Um, well, she never should have been hired in the first place, sure. and they made a statement from the athletic department when they did hire her, um, citing their exhaustive due diligence in bringing her into that environment. Um, now I reached out to a regent that I'm more familiar with as soon as I saw the news on Friday night and mm -hmm. they were very communicative with me, um, about their concern immediately. And, and they kept me posted along the way as the, as the board learned about, um, the situation and, I honestly was taken aback with how quickly they were able to reach the consensus that she was not the right person mm -hmm. to bring. That being said, I think the statements from, you know, the athletic director's office regarding this, it was like 48 hours later after they had claimed exhaustive due diligence in bringing mm -hmm. Rhonda onto the team that they said it was absolutely the wrong decision. Um, I don't know what it will take in the future to prevent things like this from occurring, but hopefully the administration remaining open in, in their hiring procedures and reaching out to people, especially in situations of controversial hires, um, can prevent anything like this from happening. And it ended up costing the university $15,000 for four days, which yeah. is pretty absurd. Yeah. Um, so 
We are recording this interview on Wednesday, and there's been some talk about the MSU interim president being fired, possibly tomorrow. Um, have you heard anything about that, and what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, as we speak, uh, John Engler is crafting his resignation letter um, with the three new members of the board. They had the votes to fire him, and so... Um, to my knowledge, he is choosing to resign rather than be fired in an emergency meeting tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. It's a moment of gratification. Um, this is somebody who has seemed to rail against survivors and disparage them in the media at every turn. Um, he has made numerous offensive statements about the nature of the survivors, including lying in front of a Senate subcommittee about Kaylee Lorenz. Um, it's something- Would you mind explaining that uh, situation a little bit? Yeah, um, so basically there's an alleged situation where um, Kaylee and her mother met with President Engler um, without an attorney and he didn't disclose that his counsel to the president was in the room at the time and he made her an offer. Um, he said, would you go away if I gave you $250,000? Um, and essentially attempted to mm -hmm. settle her civil case without her attorney present. And, you know, there's numerous corroborations of this happening, um, including from his own staff who were there. Um, and then he proceeded to tell a Senate committee in Washington, D.C., under oath that nothing of the sort occurred. Yeah, so do you feel as though you've been let down countlessly by um, President Engler and his interim presidency? Absolutely. I think it's done a lot of damage um, for a lot of, you know, the women involved in the case, but also along the way, which I think is important to note um, for students and staff at the university, just like we haven't had an ally in the Hannah administration building, they haven't either. Um, and I can only imagine the relief that they feel going forward, knowing sure. that his name's not going to be on their diploma when they graduate this semester. So would you say that you were overall surprised by the way the university handled this situation and decided to um, you know, take into account the voices of the survivors? It ultimately comes down to the new additions to the board and the fact that they had the votes. Um, we've had the same kind of political landscape on the board for the past year and a half, mm -hmm. two years, um, pretty much at this point. And so we had resigned ourselves to the fact that we weren't going to get any change with this, with this existing board. Um, now that we have trustee Scott, trustee Tebay and trustee, um, Schlichting, it opens up a whole new world of possibility. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that I myself am very grateful for them because I think we're going to usher in a new era at MSU, um, finally. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for voicing your opinion and thanks for being here with us today. Yep. Thank you. I just want to put on the record that we had reached out to a female gymnast here at U of M and she originally decided that she did want to speak to us, but then was later advised not to. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Daily Weekly. I'm your host, Katherine Newhan. 
This episode was produced by our associate producer, Josh Sadikoff, our assistant producer, Yvonne Yao, our audio engineer, Ryan Cox, and our executive producer, Catherine Newhan. We hope you tune in next week.